Hey y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your hosts, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. If you would like to improve the sound quality and visuals of the content that you are creating, but don't want to make the commitment of purchasing all of the equipment, you can do what our broke asses did and try Boxed Up. You can visit their website at tryboxedup.com or check out their Instagram page at tryboxedup. Deuce, deuce. (laughs) First of all, I hated that. Like, out of all the signs, we had to do this. It just, two fingers upside down on the chest with a little cricket hand. Because it's peace up, eight times. thinking about <laughs> he's up eight times down with the hand broke across the chest you know we can't say it but you know back in the day that was just a, a little sign that was you know inappropriate I mean, but there aren't many cute um gang signs to throw up none of You're them right. make your hands look cute uh so guys <laughs> if all. you can't tell by now we are talking about the 1992 drama film south central Girl, okay, first things first. I'm the realist. Jump right into it. Okay. (laughs) Secondly, so my, I was being ignorant partly. This is my first time watching this movie. I knew it. I was going to ask you that. I knew it in my spirit. I knew it. (laughs) For those of you who need to know and who usually don't care, this is in 1992 and I was two years old. Okay. I had no business watching this movie. Anyway. So what I was looking for as I was but watching ma'am, this movie. But you've lived almost 30 years after that. So you could have seen it in one of those adult years. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, thanks HBO for allowing me this opportunity to, to be a part of my culture yet again. We appreciate you. But I still hate you for canceling <laughs> Lovecraft Crunchery. Uh, HBO, if you're listening. Ooh, so it's ooh. a it's a double-edged sword. It's two sides of this argument. I love you. I hate you. I hate you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I hate you. I love you. I hate yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Just want to throw that out there. I appreciate that. So I was looking and searching for where South Central was from Don't Be a Menace, whatever, 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 that long ass title. Don't be a menace in South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Give it its just due. I cannot. It's all the words. Anyway, I was looking for the (laughs) South Central in that title. Um, Can you help me understand where? It was all over. What do you mean? This movie... Watching it this time is so much more funnier because I kept thinking about Don't Be a Menace and South right. while drinking your juice in the hood. I could not get what, where, tell me. All of the jail stuff, for one. And one of my favorite quotes if you hit a man in time, his wounds will heal. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. It, it, okay. All right. We would like, there's so many. I literally would have to sit down and watch Don't Be a Menace with you and point out each one. And point it out. Yes. Wow. There's five to like, reference. Did they, did they at least make fun of the fact that they had a baby in the club? We, did, no. Is it technically Can we get into a it? club? Is it a club? I mean, there was a DJ who clearly. As soon as they walked in, Deuce Deuce walked in. <laughs> it's like a big house party. <laughs> Nonetheless, there's definitely lots of drugs and drinking. And there's a but small how hard Loco was dancing. Right. <laughs> he was getting 
You get it in. <laughs> Loco was going hard on the dance floor. Woo! And they had people holding the baby. And what he had the, the little dude, not, not the. He had him throw the juice, juice, throw with juice, the juice. Oh, geez, with the bandana. Ciao. So that wasn't in there, but that was funny to me. I was like, oh, Lord, look at the people with the baby. I, I love every second of it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved every second of it. I don't know. Loco wasn't supposed to be as funny to me as he was. Like, I'm sure you're supposed to be like, oh, this character. Oh, he is so funny to me. He's hilarious, actually. Especially when he thought he was going to roll up on that guy. And then he backed down on the stairs, like, just kidding. And yeah, you know, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't that loco, right? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So the only quote that I have, and I'm probably going to say this hella the wrong. The only quote? Okay. The only, I mean, maybe it's not the only. Okay. I'm willing okay. to listen. Wait, wait. So, because I can't, re- I can't remember his name. What was the, the one, the guy that they killed? The um, Willie Manchester. Oh no, he was no. They didn't kill him. Sorry, just kidding. Uh, Smackman, Genie Lamp, Genie Lamp. That's right. So, when Genie, when they came down from after talking to Genie Lamp, and who's the gang leader? OG Bobby Johnson, Ray no. Ray, Ray yeah. Ray. Listen, baby, look, okay? <sighs> Babe. <laughs> I just hope if you're listening to this podcast right now uh, and on audio and not with the visual, I hope that you can hear the the disappointment in my voice. Because listen, y'all, I'm using IMBD. BBMD, whatever. Girl, it is. go to Google. At least they show pictures. Right. And that's what I need because I'm sitting here trying to find this man and he don't even have a picture on here. Like, damn. Anyway. <laughs> so Ray Ray, when he's telling them, man, we got we got to look out for our community. You know, we got to take care of our bitches and our kids. <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, I thought he was going to say something a little bit more profound <laughs> than our bitches and what our kids. Mean? He's looking out for the women and children. Uh, that would have sounded a lot better than our bitches. <laughs> it was an instant like our bitches and our kids. Yeah, our bitches and our kids. Like, damn. Okay, well, we just the bitches. And then he said it again. Like, let's leave these bitches. Like, mm, mm, okay. Well, all right. Bye. Y'all go ahead. Have a good time. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna let you take Jimmy with you. Mm. Oh, she said if if y'all go away, then then we will play uh, something along the oh, lines. Oh, something along like, the lines. And you keeping the baby. Okay, yes. straight like that. But I was, had no time to play. Uh, listen, honey, the club was... is jumping. You're done. I'm not surprised that that's your quote. It's just that that's that's not a quote that's often referenced for this film. I'm sorry. I thought it was... what, what was the quote that's often referenced? I mean... Maybe again, this could just be, you know, in my household, my community, the people who I'm interacted with in, in mm-hmm. the 90s. But, you know, new car for Ray Ray. <laughs> new <laughs> house for Ray Ray. <laughs> got your boy out there still the car radios. And like when <laughs> it's not, again, not supposed to be funny, but just the delivery of the line. This is a man, Buddha. A man. Yes. <laughs> 
that was definitely one of them that I was about to say. <laughs> but, <laughs> that one, oh man, that was such an awkward scene. That was, first of all, where did he go to get all, what, 15 cases? He might have just went back to a cell. That came up real quick. Like, they might keep them on deck. They might, you know, that's that's their bartering tool. That's their that's their currency, their form of cash and money. So if like you ran up to your bedroom re- real quick and pulled all your money from up under your mattress, somebody would you be got, like, that was fast. Hold up. Hold up. You got money on your mattress. Let me hold a dollar. Ma'am, it's a euphemism that uh, oh. we oh. say in the hood because some people did really used to keep it. their money under the mattress until, you know, you like debit cards became a thing and people started putting more money in the bank. I mean, I got a little shine, shine. It's not in a, a Nike shoebox, but it's, it's shine in there. You know what I'm saying? It's akin to a Nike shoebox. Okay, so if you if you can envision, you know, people will put their money in Nike shoebox, put your money mm. under the mattress. The generation before that, before the Nike shoebox was putting theirs under the mattress. Mm, mm. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. Now that we've explained <laughs> everything to death, that it's no longer funny. Um, <laughs> talk about how Pink Paul is Ping pong is hockey ball. I yeah yeah I I can deal with it. Hockey ball. I what is this a West Coast thing? Never have I ever heard that. Just West Coast culture to me is funny. Um, I think it's hilarious. (laughs) I think like even like they're gangsters. That West Coast posturing is like real like. It's it funny is. to me. Like, if a man came up and was, like, set tripping or, like, tried to bang his set on me and did one of these, oh, the way I would laugh in his face. I would Ooh. get murdered. I would be Ooh. killed because the way... Dang. Oh, oh, I pee on myself. And friend, laughing. friend, so we, can't, we can't have that happen, friend. Oh, I'm so sorry to any of my West Coast gangsters that are listening right now, but y'all know. <laughs> y'all know the way to charge <laughs> yourself. It's just, it's just a little different. I mean, Jimmy was, he was trying to do his little, baby Jimmy was trying to do his little thing too, though. <laughs> when he came outside, I was like, if you don't put your little shoulders down walking outside like that. Oh, he was cute with his overalls with a belt on. Help me understand. The 90s, what a time. Yeah. Oh, that would have been the 80s. That was the 80s. Wasn't it? I don't it know. Was. Either way. It was Right around that time. <laughs> not, not around now somewhere. Yeah, it was. It was, was. was given very much new edition. Very much. Was indeed. He was cute. It was giving very much another bad creation. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Get into it. <laughs> uh, okay. So, all of those that uh, may not know, this film is based on uh, the, a book uh, authored by Donald. I think it's Baker. Could be Baker. There's two E's. Never seen that before. Anyway, uh, he had a 1987 book that he wrote called The Crips. He was an educator and he was trying a real hard time. He was having a real hard time getting his uh, youth engaged in reading. And so he wrote a book um, entitled The Crips, which is a uh, fictional tale, but loosely based on uh, the creation of the gang. And kind of went into some some just some different themes that he felt that the kids in that neighborhood could relate to, that they would find interesting and engaging in a different way than having to read, like, say, Huckleberry Finn, where they say the word nigger. Uh, you know, just terrible mm-hmm. things like that. So it was uh, successful. The book was uh, an adaptation of that 
loose adaptation of that but still they cut out some very important things because the man is always trying to get us and so there is a very important relationship that happens a friendship that is born among the children between uh the main character who is black and a mexican friend that he makes and you know they always trying to keep us opposed from each other instead Mm -hmm. of us recognizing the similarities and the Mm -hmm. oppression that we are experiencing in this country and banding together to overthrow the oppressive power systems that are at play in all our lives um mm. and so I just, you know <laughs> that part and so uh <laughs> i don't know if i am happy about this film or angry about this film i think watch it again do i find most of the serious parts funny yes but also it is kind of writing the success of boys in the hood which was created and, and directed by a black man and this is like steven spielberg and oliver stone's take on like and, and and the monetization of gang life struggle. So for that part, I'm kind of like, yeah, it's a good movie, but I don't like white people making money off of our struggle and our pain. So there's that. Mm. Damn you, Steven Spielberg. While Jaws is still one of my favorite movies. Damn you. Um, so I don't <laughs> know how I feel about this money. I, I'm money about this movie. <laughs> um. Okay, so seeing it for the first time, I was like, man, this is, this is sad. I wasn't... I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting from this movie, honestly. But it was just like, damn. I think I didn't expect the ending to to be what it was. Sorry, this is a spoiler. If you haven't seen it, I've been spoiling it all this time. Whoops. I mean, that's kind um, of what we do on this show. <laughs> yeah, technically. I mean, we have to spoil things in order for us to diagnose. So, um, For me, I think the hardest part is just watching this child trying to find his identity while both of his parents aren't in his life actively in his life and seeing no not the at the fault of og bobby johnson though right uh, well he was he, trying his fault. he was each time he, he was, was out of jail he was there he, he was made there. that commitment that night to the baby i'm be here i'm home now things gonna and change he also made a as decision soon as he got that out. night but he also made a decision that, well, it looks like that night, but he made a decision after to pull that trigger. And yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> he didn't make the right decision there. But I I, I think because but I was. That man was coming for their lot. He was threatening their livelihood. Hmm. He made him get high with the baby sitting right there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Rosie. I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. With love. But damn it, no. <laughs> he had to die. Now, there's certain lines you just don't cross. Yeah, trying what, to turn what? out his baby mama. It just, all types of... Uh, now, damn it, the man had to die. Look, I'm about to tell you what someone told me today. There, you have a choice. Let's look into reality choice theory here. Right. He had choices. Now, granted, the environment was not the best environment because it didn't, it limited his choices, right? He did not have to shoot and kill that man. He had a choice. Yes, either kill him or be terrorized for forever. Now, was it dumb for him not to wear gloves? That was the bad choice that he made. That's the right. only bad choice that was made the whole night. But damn it, Smack Man had to die. 
All right. Well, according to street street laws, street rules of which they Mm -hmm. were living and engaging in, Mm -hmm. that man had to die, or else it would have been advertisement to the rest of the 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 criminal uh, uh, people (laughs) around. But Uh it's okay for you to violate (laughs) this man and his family. If people violate you and and your family, then there have to be repercussions. Like, and you're this close to my house, so I can't ensure the safety of my family. Like. That man had to die. If According he, to the street if law, he, he was had able, to die. If he was able to relocate and rehouse himself he after just got killing out of him, jail. he could have done it before killing him. What what made the difference? Like, you had, he, had, he may do to, to relocate after it was done, to be, to be on, the, on the down low. So he should or, have lived his life on, uh, fleeing from Smack Man for the rest of his not. days? Absolutely not. There could have been a different way to approach this. I'm just saying he had choices. And if he made this commitment to be in his son's life, then that should have been the thing in his forefront rather than this, this unnecessary nonsense with him and whatever. Logically, I completely agree with you. I'm also thinking that the human brain does not become fully developed until you're in your mid twenties. He was getting out of, if you look at the side where he get out, he, he's getting out of juvenile prison or jail so in my mind he's like 17 years old and to him in that in that way especially with the upbringing that he has i'm thinking does he have other choices yes do i think it's realistic for him to make those use those other choices in a logical uh in that snap reaction kind of way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and, and I really I don't that. know if he wanted to kill him as much as like Ray Ray was like, this do man has to die. Right. And I was like, Ray Ray, why can't your bitch ass do it? Have you? Because he not violating Ray Ray family. Ray Ray wanted him dead more than anybody. True. And if that was the case and he's the so-called leader, why didn't he take the position to kill him himself? Especially knowing that one of your guys just got out and it's not, he's not going back to juvenile. Two reasons. One, because Ray Ray was a manipulative asshole. Once. And two, because OG Bobby Jackson's family was being threatened and violated. Well. Okay. I'll I'll take that. However. What were we talking about? (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) It's a diagnosis because I have no idea. That went on a... I I didn't expect it to go there. Right. (laughs) You diagnosed OG no, Bobby. No, you were with. giving me what you giving me another quote about SmackMan. I don't know. Shit is gone. Um, OG it's Bobby Johnson. Yeah, I gave OG Bobby Johnson. Um, more so referencing the end of the film, looking at uh, adjustment disorder for reentry to his reentry reentry into society. It's really mm-hmm. hard for me to get out. Sorry, guys. Words, Words today. Are hard. Um, <laughs> and then I also gave him the V code. V codes are usually used for DSM-5, where Z codes are usually used for the ICD-10, which is another book that people use for diagnosing, but it's much more uh, medically focused. So if you are doing like health-related stuff or if you practice inside of a hospital, you might be more inclined to use ICD-10, where it's more just psychology, counseling-based, operates from DSM. But... Uh, the Z code, V code that I used was problems related to release from prison, as well as parent-child relational problem. Because it's kind of out, more so, like I said, operating from the end of the film, looking at what his presenting concerns were in that moment. Um, yeah. Hmm. 
Okay. I agree. Definitely adjustment disorder. I could see that. And I agree with, of course, the Z code and V codes given. I, I remember what I was saying. I was just oh, saying okay. that um, that his parents, Jimmy's parents weren't involved in his life. And you said that wasn't by choice for Bobby. OG Bobby. Yeah. So um, just recognizing that this is something that is what was disheartening is like, OK, back then it was like really bad. And it just was disheartening that that's how I grew up. And then it's continuing within our community still. And mm-hmm. it's it's. I guess I, I had a feeling of hopelessness, like in for a moment, like, you know, because there there clearly was a message that was supposed to come through, you know, as far as gangs and drug and violence in the black community and how it's impacting us. Um, and so to see it and hear it is just like, fuck, like, uh, where do we begin? How how are we fixing this? How do we make it better? And I think that's when that that little bit of hopelessness kind of set in. It's like shit. It still hasn't gotten better yet. So, and um, I think again, this is why it is supervision is so important because mm-hmm. I think especially for you and I both at some point having at least one parent that was incarcerated, mm-hmm. there are personal things that impact how you view certain things, view certain clients, view certain situations. Mm-hmm. I think our biases can very much so at times cut out. Like even if I come out, I think if we even look at our last two films with um, that we went over with New Jack City, my light bright bias, not understanding things until mm-hmm. I sat with it for a second. I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm completely wrong. Like, you, <laughs> you got it. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm viewing mm-hmm. that from, yeah, the, it's the light, right? It's blinding me. I can't see it. I can't see the truth. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the film before that with Nutty Professor and like some of just the ingrained uh, fat phobia that exists from existing mm-hmm. in America, like just the things that exist there as well. Like that's why supervision is so important because sometimes the way that we view things is so much shaped by our experiences oh, yes. and how we were culturally formed. Uh, mm-hmm. that another set of eyes looking on something can help us see things a little bit more clearly. Whereas mm-hmm. I think I have internalized like prison is something that is done to our men that keeps our fathers from our homes. Oh, yeah. Which is oh, why absolutely. I'm like, OG Bobby Johnson, There was he wanted to be in his child's life. But then yeah. like, again, as, as you mentioned, he had choices. As I mm-hmm. think of it a little bit even so further right now in this moment, OG Bobby Johnson never wrote his son. Mm. I, we don't see him writing. We don't mm. see him receiving letters. We see that one mm-hmm. picture that he has, but it's not updated, which right. to me, I mean, is that a function of Carol not being on her job, of right. like constantly moving them around because, you know, mm-hmm. she's doing her thing or and so he didn't have access to his son and he, in the way that he wanted. Or is that him being young and not taking the extra steps to make sure that he maintains a relationship with his child? So, like, mm. again, just supervision is important clinicians are not perfect we don't always no. see things the the correct the right correct correct or I right like way mm-hmm. <laughs> new word correct <laughs> right way um and can sometimes use uh, a second set of eyes and it's important for you to have a good relationship with your supervisor because sometimes you aren't even aware of mm-hmm. the things that are influencing how you view a certain client that you're working with absolutely and i I also feel like even when you get past the point of like needing supervision, 
it's still always good to have a cons like a consultation, you know, mm. and getting being a part of a, a group of clinicians from various professional, you know, experiences, social work, uh, psychiatry, all of them to try to get some type of consulting networking going where you're getting these different perspectives from these different health uh uh, health professionals um, so that they can give you a broader view of like how to help their client, but then also when to check yourself. And I agree. I feel like this movie was like, that was my dad. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and even being in the system now, you know, with baby, um, with baby Jimmy, if he wasn't necessarily in foster <laughs> care, but, but respect, that's J rock, J rock. <laughs> My bad. I keep calling him Baby Jimmy. <laughs> Jay Rock. Um, it, it's not that, you know, he was in foster care, but then he went through this system, you know, because of, you know, Carol not, Carol didn't have her shit together. Okay. <laughs> Get your shit together, Carol. Um, so it it had its its um, effect on his life. And then I, I, that sat with me. And being here in Chicago and just recognizing like, you know, these young kids like doing these carjackings and they're a part of these gangs. And a lot of times, like they really feel like they only have so many options. It's like rap, basketball, some type of sport or being in a gang. And literally it's like right up the street. Like there's no, it's around you. It's either one, you know, repping here, another one repping right there. It, like, you know, you have no choice. It almost feels like when, so when you said he, there's no choice, you know, that's when I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, shit, depending on your environment, you do only have a, a set limit of choices. And do you get beat up every day or do you get protection? Right. And so, but it's just a fucked up way to live. And I know that that's right down the street from where I'm at right now. And I just, I don't even know how to help as a clinician. And that bothers the fuck out of me. Yeah. No, that's real shit. And I'm glad that uh, all of that got you to the point that Smack Man had to die. Fine. You're right. so much. You're right. Damn it. How do you tolerate me? <laughs> and look, I'm sitting here like, Oh, maybe you got a point. All of them fuck need to die. Like now, no, see, no, no, we didn't say that. We didn't say that. No. All of them need to die. Uh, no, there's rules no. to this shit. Okay, <laughs> I don't understand. Any consultation, supervision, therapy? <laughs> uh, no, you just need a hood cousin teach you to teach you the laws of the streets. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know them oh. that well either. I was very much so on the porch. Um. <laughs> <laughs> neither here nor there though uh but if og bobby johnson was my client i mm. think i would very much so like to look into um adlerian with him and look at mm. how him not having his father around mm -hmm. led to some of the choices that he was making mm -hmm. like uh that's something that ray ray uh refers to in the beginning of the film when they're mm -hmm. having their uh gang meeting <laughs> It was a meeting. <laughs> Call to order, everyone. Call to order. Deuce, deuce. Listen um, up, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> on today's agenda, we need to talk about how you need to uh, ruin the childhood playgrounds in your area. Um, 
Right. But no, they reference how him, them ha- not having fathers. And I would like really like to get into how the, the, those childhood, early childhood experiences impacted him. Mm-hmm. Also, the social justice component that is big in Adlerian theory as well with uh, OG Bobby Johnson trying to make a change and starting with just his son first. And is that mm-hmm. something that he feels like uh, just pouring into his son is something that he would continue to do to to. Uh, change his life and that of his son but also is that something that he would like to do on a larger scale and work with individuals who make the decision of leaving the gang and what does that look like and and moving forward or at least just again like you said increasing and showing uh, individuals that they have other options there are more choices that are available to you despite the fact that the world is constantly telling you that there aren't um and so I would be really excited to to work with him in that way. Um, and I think that as long as the gang, as Deuce Deuce, don't come kill OG Bobby I Johnson, <laughs> I think that he would be, his prognosis is very fair. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I if think he can he continue is. to get protection from the mosque and from the the the, mm-hmm. the Muslims, the five percenters, the whoever's mm-hmm. who are on the outside, and that Deuce Deuce don't try him, I think that his prognosis is limitless yeah i think he's gonna end up relocating to like the most rural area you can think of um (laughs) to get far far away from them um or just to start you know just going into a different area and then eventually i think he would leave la in in totality because like you said i mean he can be found and taken care of at any time so we don't need that um, <clears throat> I do think his prognosis is really, really well, uh, very good. And I love that the ending shows them, you know, coming together and him protecting his son and all he wanted. He's just, I just want my boy. I don't want none of this other shit you talking about. That's my son. Okay. <laughs> all I want is my son. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he wanted. They was from LA, right? You know, old date, and so <laughs> hard R's, hard R's. Um, hated that Mr. Willie had to shoot the kid like that. Okay, um, he played too much. I just hated uh, Mr. Willie Manchester. Period. Uh, was it his acting? Like what? Why? What was, was it? So, it was just like, ugh, 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 ugh. they cast this perfect because. I just, you know, ooh. So I've been talking about Chicago lately. Um, there was someone, there was a man who shot um, and I believe killed. He killed um, a young boy who was um, in the middle of uh, jacking his car. And he actually got sentenced um, with life for that killing. So I wonder if if Mr. Willie Manchester would have gotten, did he, he didn't even serve any time, even just for the like, mm-hmm attempted right because i mean uh it it also too depends on the laws of your state of whether you have like you know in florida stand your ground law um and that we don't know where the limitations are for that because it only applies if you're white in the state Mm. of florida it seems Mm. uh Mm because when black people try to use that defense they still get your time but again um anyway um Yeah, it Sorry, definitely I depends that. on your state laws. It, I, uh, I think that the the gun laws that exist in your state as well, how much the NRA is lobbying in your state. Okay, again, I'm sorry. Uh, and then also just, I would have a really hard time as 
like where does that lie where is the protection of your yourself your property um lie within just attempted murder manslaughter things and Mm. then also i would have a real hard time living with the guilt if yeah. that child dies because you don't like Willie Manchester tried to say in his own defense was how was I supposed to know that that was a child that was a child granted uh, Jimmy yes. was small as hell so you could have saw he that was, sir. Right? but it was dark eh, whatever but, and he just he just shot he shot a shot literally so literally um, but, and then also though one, it's one thing for it to be a carjacking versus stealing a car radio right the car mm-hmm. your, your stuff your, the car is still there okay <laughs> Now, if this is a current jacket, I think I have a, a little bit more understanding why you went, yeah. like, yeah. you know, shoot. But, yeah, I, I thought that was crazy. It just, the age and everything just lined up for that just in my mind because I was reading it um, recently in a newspaper, <laughs> in a newspaper, girl. I ain't got no newspaper. On my Apple News. <laughs> the newspaper. What am I? 50? <laughs> um, so... Sorry. I love all you 50-year-olds. Yikes. I'm going to pull up a little news from time to time. Girl, you open it up, shake out the pa- shake, shake out the creases and eat your bagel and drink coffee. Ma'am, if I had time to eat a bagel and drink coffee and read the paper, yes, the fuck I would. That sounds <laughs> so relaxing right now. But... Uh, <laughs> okay, self-care. Get into it. You still got time for the new year. Let's go. <laughs> she said no. Okay, but anyway, looking at looking at that and just thinking about this particular case, especially Willie Manchester and that ending, he, I'm like, bro, why are you still fucking standing there? Run! The second they took their eyes off of me, okay, <laughs> still here. Run! But uh, hey, yeah, maybe you like you. They still he still had the Ray Ray still had the gun, so you wait till you get that head nod. Okay, me, me too, Ray Ray. Okay, me, me too. <laughs> but he got the hell up out of there since he, he gave him the head yeah. nod. But also just wanted to point out, fun fact, that uh, Willie, the actress that plays Willie Manchester's wife, is also the actress that plays Smokey's mama in Friday. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> oh, Willie. She went from, oh, Willie, to make it enough. Mm. I guess she stayed in that same neighborhood all them years. Hey. Is Willie Manchester Smokey's daddy? <gasps> the universe connects. Dum dum dum. <laughs> Leave that there for everyone. Um, moving on. We were talking about J Rock a little bit. Um, I definitely gave him uh, Jimmy. I keep calling him J Rock now. <laughs> Baby Jimmy. Um, definitely gave him the V code of sixty one point eight upbringing away from parents. Um, because he was brought up away, unfortunately. Aside, uh, not with um, from both his parents. And I think that's like if he were to be diagnosed by the school system or the uh, group home that he was staying at, he very much so harshly would have been diagnosed with ODD, uh, oppositional defiant disorder, which um, I can go through the criteria a little bit for that. And so the criteria that I feel like he meets for that, there are different areas of which that they kind of go through when you are looking to meet certain criteria within each area. So for angry, irritable mood, uh, I think that he fits the often being touchy or easily annoyed and is often angry and resentful. For the argumentative and defiant behavior, I felt that he displayed the often arguing with authority figures or for uh, children and adolescents with adults. 
and often actively defying or refusing to comply with requests from authority figures or with rules. And I thought it was extremely funny when he just refused to play honky ball and she bopped him upside the head with the ball. I said, that's right, Nurse Shelley, make your point. And then also the vindictiveness that is uh, paramount in this diagnosis, where the individual has been spiteful or vindictive um, at least twice within past six months, where he had been doing things out and about as well in in his uh, young gang life. And then also wanting to get back at uh, Willie Manchester for gauging him, as he said. But. I think that that would be a harsh diagnosis that would definitely follow him for a long time and doesn't take into consideration some of the experiences that they, uh, he has had. Um, so I think that a lighter diagnosis uh, could be, should be <laughs> explored. Should be, should be. That takes into account his trauma. Okay, so I think I have something for that. Um, I, I went with that in my mind at first and then... I'm thinking that because of what he experienced, especially being shot, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a trauma thing. Um, and I think about that scene when his mom comes in and she's like, you know, is he I like, you know, you don't even want to sit with him. Like, damn, now he needs to learn. Well, what? He can't like, talk. <laughs> right. Like, wow. Like you are really just an asshole. I, I hated her. I hate her. Um, and so for me, I gave reactive um, attachment disorder and looking at the diagnostic criteria, I can see, you know, some things, some patterns with him, especially with his engagement with Michelle. So one of them is a consistent pattern of inhibited, emotionally withdrawn behavior toward adult caregivers manifested uh, by both of the following. So the child rarely or minimally seeks comfort when distressed. And so I can't imagine. First of all, I hate getting a tattoo yet alone being shot. <laughs> and I'm over here trying to get some type of love and comfort. Okay. But you know, expect pain. To, I mean, yeah. Well, Oh, okay. My, my knee surgery. Right. So better, better. You know, I had to go under for that. Right. <laughs> what? I don't think it's an equivalent of being shot. Maybe like what? childbirth, but okay. You know, that's all I got. This shit. I tried. Anyway. So, but I, <laughs> I usually try to seek comfort. And so for him to be a child and he wasn't really trying to seek a lot of comfort within that distress. But then also um, the other criteria is a persistent social and emotional disturbance characterized by two of the following. So minimal social and emotional responsiveness to others. You can see that when he's playing honky ball, especially when when trying to play with the kids. But then, of course, Michelle is like, well, if you won't play with them, then play with me. Um, Limited positive affect. I feel, I don't know if this is just like for him thinking that, well, my dad is like, you know, a gangster. So I have to have this affect as a gangster. So that one's a little hard. It's the LA posturing. It's right. I didn't know if that was appropriate for him culturally. Um, And then episodes of unexplained irritability, sadness and fearfulness that are evident even during non-threatening interactions with adult caregivers. And then you could see that again with Miss Shelley. And so there's some more that continue. Um, and, and I think that we were able to see like how that is not an end all be all diagnosis as well, because no. if that child is given that appropriate level of nurturing care, 
time like nurse Shelley was able to give, which is only in a movie because nurses are overworked and underpaid. Um, he was he mm. started to see him develop a healthy attachment and yes. him kind of begin to smile and show positive effects um, mm-hmm. at appropriate times. And so as, as opposed to just being given money for stealing car radios. Um, and so we start to see him develop that. But I didn't d- diagnose Nurse Shelley, but I feel like it has got to be hard to turn over care with that level of insert- uncertainty. Oh where she gosh. was talking to him and she was like, do you trust me? Then trust mm-hmm. them too. Knowing that the system is a gamble. Mm. It can go good. It can go real bad. Mm-hmm. And so having to you, leverage the trust that he's built with you and gamble that with saying trust these people too. This, oh, that's got to be terrible. Yeah, that one that one was hard, especially when she said that and realizing like where he landed. It was like it's different for you to trust those two that you were leaving with, but now I don't I can't trust these people that are in my environment. And these kids act like they about to, you know, step up on me. Like, wait, hold up, where am I? And so the innocence that you saw him gaining again quickly went away. Right. And the thing about this particular diagnosis is that it is very much based on environmental factors. And so there has to be levels of serious neglect. However, there are children who are seriously neglected all the time, um, but don't necessarily have this diagnosis or develop this disorder. And the prognosis for this actually um, can get better if um, the environment that they're going into, the quality of the caregiving um, is, you know, different from what was the serious neglect. And so I feel like because Bobby is so adamant on creating this relationship with him and helping him see that to be a man, you don't have to be this. I feel like his prognosis with this diagnosis is much better. Um, and I, I, I don't want to make this like one stick. So this is like, I don't know. It's not persistent and it's not severe. So, yeah. I think that those are qualifiers that we see in children that have almost that absence of Mm -hmm. affect and that refusal Mm -hmm. to connect um, where I don't see that as like, I I feel like that is a facade, not even a facade. I feel like it's real, but I feel like it is learned protection for Uh, him that once he learns that it's safe, it can Mm -hmm. um, come down in, in, in a way where it's not to a level of that severity. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel that the again, like you echoing what you said, that the care that he will receive from OG Bobby Johnson with him, you know, wanting to really be there for his son <laughs> and teaching him life lessons that if you hit a man in time, his wounds will heal. Mm. Mm. Message. <laughs> what? <laughs> Message. He could have just said, don't kill him. There ain't no coming back from death. But, you know, he had to, it really had to hit home because it was, mm-hmm. the script was written by white folks. But, um, well, oh, okay, I'm not going to do it. I ain't going to do it. Okay. So everybody was ready to kill Willie Manchester because, yes, he he shot his son. I mean, Jimmy wanted to go back after him, too. Understandable, because I probably, no, not probably, I would want that man dead to shoot me like that. Shit. Or at least want him shot. God damn it. Um, sorry, y'all. I'm not like this in real life. Yes, I am. So, why didn't anyone We don't want- know. We've never been shot before. Who knows how we would feel if we were shot? Being shot is a terrible a, traumatic a tra- experience. Yes. And so, so I how you would react. 
I think I would be very angry. Like, why would you do something like this to me? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you had to shoot me over a car radio? Your shit wasn't even that fly. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I really want to come and shoot you. I didn't want to shoot nobody. I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Damn it. Now you pushed me. <laughs> shit. I'm just happy so, that Jimmy survived. You got okay, shot in the back ooh. with a shotgun. You saw the back, though? See the how back? he flew over the gate? Uh, <laughs> Mama! <laughs> I just don't understand why Bobby didn't come out wanting to kill Ray. Ray Ray. Oh, you didn't see how first upset he was? So when he was, that is the reason why he left. I feel like part of like with him leaving the gang is because he was so upset with Ray Ray. Mm-hmm. He was still uh, deuce deuce when Loco told him yeah. like, he even got your boy out there still in car radios. And he was like, what? Ray Ray got my mm-hmm. boy, got Jimmy still in radio? Like, so mm-hmm. working for him or whatever it was that he said, I can't remember the thick words, but he was really, really upset. And I think if, had he not been incarcerated at that time, he was still in that, that, lo- that uh, frame of mind where if he was out, it would have been, it would have been that I situation. Feel like it would have been, yeah. But I feel with the life change that he made and the rededication and learn, mm-hmm. again, like you said before, learning options and feeling that, okay, I do have choices. And if I am dedicating my life to my son, and really my son and really building that like you said before then he recognized that there isn't there's no if point. you hit a man in time his wounds will heal but it if was you funny kill like a times. man shut up <laughs> shut up there's no coming back from that and so i feel like that was part and him leading by example Mm. modeling the behavior for his son. I really do mm. want to kill Ray Ray. Like, this was my best friend and he had you out mm. here working for him. Like, and he's doing all of the things that he was upset with Smack Man for. He's now yes. doing those things. Exactly. He's not leading the gang in the way that I even wanted the, the gang to be led when I was in gang culture. Definitely right. now that I'm out of it, it's a problem. So, like, but there's no coming back from killing a man if, and, you, if, you, you, if know, you do that. So, we'll do something different. I just want my son my son and you know again like to your point we were we killed we not we we didn't do shit they killed (laughs) genie i don't eventually ray ray did something because he had his little uh black heart by the end of the film so i don't know he gave himself one (laughs) because if we were doing this to protect our children and our bitches right the bitches you can't can't forget the bitches what should have been done, especially with him being like the second command. He should, Ray Ray should have been taking care of Carol, not getting her high. Okay, that's two different things. Uh-huh. And I have to, a and looking out, that, but okay, keep going. For, and looking out for Jimmy. Like, I mean, if 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 you're really looking out for me, and I and yes, there is protection for him inside, but he was also looking out for the people inside too. So it's just like, so what what do I get from this? What what did he earn or what what was the purpose in him doing any of this if there at the end of the day there was nothing for him? It was nothing positive. Nothing there's nothing to take away. So Deuce Deuce won't take care of him like he was taking care of Deuce Deuce. Hmm. That's right, Courtney. And that's and I mean, like Loco said, like he not he not taking care. Like it's new car for Ray Ray, new house for Ray Ray. For Ray, Ray. Everything for Ray Ray. Don't nobody else get nothing. And so mm-hmm. that is kind of, I guess, leads me into the diagnosis for uh, Ray Ray, where uh, I don't feel like we, ah, 
we need further assessment on Ray Ray. Ray Ray seems yes. like a very complex individual. Um, yes. And so I kind of went unspecified personality disorder for him. Okay. Where we need further assessment. Um, just because I think even to the point that you were making earlier about him not looking out for Jimmy. I think in his twisted mind, he was looking out for Jimmy by having him work and put money in his pocket as a yes. result of the work, learning that he had to earn yes. money in order. Like, I think that he was, I think that he felt that Carol was a lost cause because she was getting high and he and don't he tolerate people getting her. high. I don't know he if he was giving, giving it to it. her, but I think there is the 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 clear distinction of once I consider you a fiend, that's all that you are. There's no saving you. It's no point in me trying mm-hmm. to invest all of this into mm-hmm taking care of like no you a thing you're gonna do what you do so like i'm just writing that off and so i'll you know but for the unspecified personality disorder this category applies to presentations in which symptoms characteristic of a personality disorder cause clinically significant distress or impairment and but do not meet full criteria for any of the disorders in personality disorder diagnostic class i think that's just because we don't have enough information that I feel like is the things that we, the, from the things that we got from Ray Ray, um, mm-hmm. from this white man written script, that we don't know enough about him in order to be able to fully diagnose. He's um, just the this, villain. That's all we yeah. know. Mm-hmm. This unspecified personality category is used in situations in which the clinician chooses not to specify the reason that the criteria are not met for a specific personality disorder and includes presentation in which there is insufficient information to make a specific diagnosis, Diagnosis, which is where I feel like we are in this situation. Mm-hmm. I also mm-hmm. gave him the V code 69.9 re- problem related to lifestyle. I feel that the money drove Ray Ray. Mm-hmm. To the, to this level, I feel mm-hmm. like some of this was already inside of him, but they, you know how they say that money makes exaggerates who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Whatever is in you is going to be even more so of an issue, and I feel like that is what happened, and that is what allowed and created the opportunity for Ray Ray to turn his back on his community and stop protecting the kids and the bitches, and then become the person that is uh, just pillaging the community of which he once mm-hmm. was so gung-ho about protecting mm-hmm. you like know it's a sad story it is and i feel like it's a story that is common for a lot of the men during that time who were who ended up as you know gang leaders or you know drug lords it's like they had intentions of bringing the money in you put people on you know you got money you given money but then after a certain point when that money starts coming in and it's rolling in like you said it changes and there has to be it makes me think about snowfall it has to be a moment where you look out in your community and you're seeing these fiends all over the place and you're seeing what 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 you're selling is doing to them i like i don't understand like how they you're just so disconnected after a while like well, Franklin right, said he sleeps like a baby. So. He does. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I think that's the same mindset that he he's in. Like at first he might have had decent intentions of like, I'm going to bring us all up. We about to all get this money, you know. And then it really just it it tore our communities apart just I for a few to make that- it. We had because the um the people that the U.S. government empowered by pumping drugs into our community while funding the civil war in Nicaragua. Um, I don't think that the young people that were involved in 
all of these things in, especially in uh, this time, mm -hmm. really had the full understanding of, of the, the power of addiction. Yes. And, and even just addiction, like yes. drugs. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> crack was first introduced as a party drug. Mm -hmm. They thought it was like, that's, it's like Coke. Mm -hmm. you, you having a good time. We partying, we yep. doing it up. Remember how long songs were in the eighties? You had to have a little <laughs> something extra to be able to dance as hard as Loco was dancing for as long as those songs were. And so thinking yeah. that it's a party drug and not really having an understanding of like addiction, what this is doing to people's mm -hmm. brains, like their physical yeah. makeup. And yeah. then once you do, it's too late. So you have to protect yourself, your investment, your family. Mm -hmm. Like, and mm -hmm. then so that's when we see the government starts to give our community guns. Like, it, it's it was conspiracy a, by the man. Oh, uh, it is like I said, it's just a really fucked up reality. And then again, to realize, like, I'm a product of that. Now, there were some good things that turned out for me. Great, We're crack era babies. We are crack era babies, like for real. And I, there were there were sacrifices and things that I had to lose in order for me to get to this place, right? And so it's just like, not not everybody. I don't want to say it. I don't want to call it luck. I'll say not everybody has the fortune and the ability the ability to get out of this shit, and, and it is hard. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. fucking hard, and it still is hard. And then you still got to live this life, and this shit is challenging as hell. And then all along, you're realizing like this system is set up against you. This entire time, like no wonder why people are just kind of consumed, like, you know, just succumbing to this just desire to not even be here. Like that shit is fucked up. I'm sorry. Like. I went dark. Can you take me out? <laughs> Get me out into the light. I need light. Uh, I don't know if it's if it's light, but <laughs> we can move on to local. Okay, my friend no. is really, really dark, but it, you know. it, it's presented in a in a comical way. I mean, Loco <laughs> made me laugh because he reminds me from Miss about like Miss Crawley from from Sing because of his eyes. And if <laughs> if one of them popped out, honey, I was about to die. <laughs> I wonder if they got Miss Crawley's character from Loco. Questions that need answers. <laughs> She's so funny. <laughs> They both have the same demeanor, the, the same shuffle, right? Like, oh, they do have the shuffle. Have the shuffle with the slump shoulders and these big eyes. You can't tell me that not best, Miss Cro so Crawley. So was Miss Crawley on PCP? Bitch. She was. Just say no, Miss Crawley. Just say no, Miss Crawley. Be well, it could even, she might not even be using right now because one of the, unfortunately, uh, the long-term effects of PCP use it can mimic schizophrenia, especially those mm -hmm. uh, in those with pre-existing mental disorders. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, she could have been out here in the 80s on that PCP. And mm -hmm. now she looked mm -hmm. like how she looked. And, and her eyeballs rolling. And her eyeball rolling all over. Down the, the river. <laughs> with a hanky-panky. <laughs> <laughs> but I did diagnose Loco with Encyclidine use disorder. Severe. <laughs> severe, 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 severe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I also would like to uh, know, because we don't get history on Loco at all, his mm -hmm. nickname is Loco. So is it just the encyclidine use? 
him getting high off PCP? Or was he possibly neurodivergent before that? Was there already a pre-existing um, diagnosis that made his PCP use presentation as extreme as it did? Um, that is a good question. Because, because like, a- did he have the name Loco for a long time? Or was that Before mean? he started getting high? No, because we are like, terrible and give bad nicknames. Like you shouldn't call no one loco because you think that they, they should they should choose loco. You shouldn't I give mean, it. When I think of loco, I'm thinking that's the person that's gonna shoot him up bang bang. Okay. But they loco like that. But loco wasn't shoot him up bang bang. You see him he with the, on the stairs with Smack Man where he Yeah. <laughs> and then even in the he was like, I I can't be on my own. Like <laughs> be by yourself out here, brother. <laughs> okay. I know it's fucked up, and I need to stay with these. these Gotta go, guys. Bobby. Gotta Get go. me by yourself out here, Bobby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, so I feel like I think it was he got the name because he was on that shit, and it really got him. And he just started doing some loco shit. Like they like, yo, this motherfucker crazy. And you know what? You know what's sad too. I think sometimes we we get entertainment, we get shits and giggles when we see someone acting out. You know, when they under the influence. We laugh so, far too much at fiends. It's, it's, I mean, Dave you have Chappelle, to laugh in order to keep going. Right. Dave Chappelle has a whole fucking skit, a whole character, right? On this, right? So this is in our culture. We understand like, yeah, they be doing some crazy shit though. And the problem is like, once you see that, you're going to give them some more. Because, you know, it, just for shits and giggles, I feel like that's not even for shits and giggles. I think there is an understanding that, you know, that they needed to survive that part yeah and you want to help them fight that sick there's a certain level that they're going to need yeah. in order to be able to sustain themselves after yeah, a while I, I can imagine coming down from that that i don't even know what that would even look like the withdrawal from that i just imagine that there's shit pain. i imagine that you shit yourself <laughs> i imagine that too. cold sweats lots of shit just lots of just just every, just it looks very much like Chris, Chris Rock, but it's just 10 times worse, maybe. No, no, no. Like Chris Rock, New Jack, not current Chris Rock. Sorry, I know Chris what Rock. you meant. I know okay. what you meant. The fact that you had to clarify. I just needed to clarify. It's the sad part. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, Chris Rock. She did. But while we're tar- talking about PCP and then cyclidine use disorder, I also gave it to Carol. Yes, man, because baby, my stomach hurt. <laughs> she was going through it, honey. She's just raggedy too. Oh, and I think Carol wanted to to be there for for Jimmy. I think she wanted to be a better better mother than she was. It's just drugs ain't no joke, and once that thing get a mm-hmm. hold of you. It's hard. It's hard to let it go. And I, you know, when you when you were talking about the prognosis for Jimmy and Bobby, OG Bobby, I I forgot about Carol. Right. She's still out here. We're hoping that she's still alive. And what I feel like is going to what I feel like is going to happen is like she's going to realize like she's lost her son. She her man is out. I feel like there might be a time where she's going to try to be sober and like is like in and out of their lives. Just fucking Mm-mm. shit up. Mm-mm. I don't think OG Bobby. Think? I think the first two times Bobby is going to say, okay, let's try it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, you messed up. Okay, let's try it. But then after he sees the effect that it has on Jimmy, I don't think he's going to allow it anymore. You're right. Because he was already pissed off when he realized like they have our son. Like my my, my 
What? Drink this. Right, okay. I was like, shit, what is this? Swamp water is helping her come alive. Whatever it is, I need that. <laughs> I need that in the morning. Like secret stuff. There's <laughs> Folgers in her cup? Are you sure? <laughs> I need that shit. <laughs> oh, Lord. But yeah, I just, I, I, I would think because just based off of, you know, looking at family experiences, just movies, you know, there, there's always that that one that's on the drugs and they're trying to come back and trying to do better. And it just creates this cycle that makes it really hard for everyone involved. That is so one I, thing I that I didn't that. like about the film is that they didn't tie up the loose end with her. Like, with we her. don't know yeah. if she is going to make the decision to mm-hmm. even try to begin the process of recovery. Mm-hmm. We don't know. So it's prognosis is really hard for her. We don't know if it if it will get worse or if it will get better. And so it's kind of just like out there. And so even I feel like yeah. like, oh, treatment what would I do like she would definitely have to go to a drug treatment program and I just feel like it would be like you try to make me go to rehab I no, say no 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 <laughs> and so I don't I, I it's kind of up in the air and drug treatment is not um my specialty area of training and so I can't even go off of how I think that would go for her based off of certain telltale signs mm-hmm. because it's, it's not my jam. Well, I mean, I have some experience in, in substance use and it, unfortunately it's a revolving door. You know, I think it, it really comes down to, you know, change and whether or not they're, they're ready for that change where, where they are in, in that process. Um, and for her, I think it really would have to, it has to be that individual choice for the change and not necessarily to change for the sake of wanting to be with her family. If that's the case, it's going to be a continuous revolving door. But if it's something that she wants for herself and she realizes shit is fucking me up, I don't want this for myself anymore. I'm tired of this shit. Then that that treatment and her progression with that is going to look very different. So it just depends. And it's like you said, it's, we don't have enough information to know. Honestly, same. Um, two other people that I want to talk about. One, I did not give a full diagnosis, just a V code. Um, Ali, with uh, his experience, uh, I'd want to further assess how he is processing and coping the murdering of the the, mm-hmm. the young men as a result of the experience with his son. Mm-hmm. Um, the loss of his son and all of that, what that looks like for him. I gave him the V code of imprisonment or other incarceration with the work that he is doing, though, with being one of those leaders that is taking young men under their wing, um, teaching them the lessons, uh, just building people up. I would like to do existential work with him. Mm-hmm. I would like to be OK. So this is where we are. This is what the situation is. What do you want that <laughs> legacy to be? Yeah. If it, you ain't here for life, bro. So when you die, what do you want the what do you want them to say about you? Like really explore that and mm-hmm. okay, what are the things that we're you're doing in in order to 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 build that to create that now? What are the areas would you like to continue to work on? Um, I think that with Ali being so insightful, I think it's some some very interesting work could be done there. Oh, absolutely, and I think because we have the perspective of seeing his work with OG Bobby. We, we can highlight that that's a legacy. OG Bobby will never be the same again because of Ali. And so I can only And imagine, vice versa. 
And vice versa. Yes, absolutely. And so if that were my client and, you know, just kind of hearing, having him list out the people that, you know, he's positively impacted, the the Mm. things that he's been able to do, because a lot of times we're our worst critic and we can go, I mean, I could give you a whole book, honey, (laughs) about all the shit I done did and how I'm wrong and how I need to do this. And I'm not good at that. But it's really a struggle for me to even come up with some nice things to say about myself sometimes. Even some of the successes that I've had, I, I minimize. And so having him recognize like the things that he was successful in, even though he may be incarcerated, he's changed lives. So there you have you. Where are we with that? And how does that make you feel? And so I agree. I think um, that theory, <laughs> I just blanked on the name of the theory. Existential. <laughs> Existential. No, I think you just laid out a beautifully, uh, a beautifully plan, a uh, treatment plan almost of uh, working with him from a strengths-based approach. Strengths-based. Yes, absolutely. I, that would be really good for him. And I just, I appreciate having individuals like that in a, in a system like that. Like that's, that's real strength to be able to see and grow despite your circumstances. And in, in sometimes I think that circumstances brings that out of people mm-hmm. where it would not have existed mm-hmm. without the, without that circumstance, like the, the, yeah. 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 I agree. And I think the, I think that that actually happened with my dad. I think he was Same. changed. <laughs> I think he was changed. And unfortunately, I didn't I didn't get a chance to see and meet that version of him. But um, you know, he had his struggles before and you know that the his challenges with drugs got him, you know, locked up in the first place. And so I think having those individuals, as sad as it is, it's almost God sent for them to have those types of people there to help them turn their lives around. One thing that my dad did share with me, hi, dad, if you're listening, um, <laughs> is that it it not only helps you help that individual, but it also helps you. It helps yes. you uh, mentally wrap your, your head around things. It helps mm-hmm. you pass time. It gives you a sense mm-hmm. of purpose. It gives you something to live for while you're on the inside, something to do, progress, goals, like different, just different things. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, also the good feeling of helping that that just generally gives. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, that's that's kind of why I say like some people, um, I don't know if they would have that given different circumstances. Um, yeah. I also would like black men to have the opportunity to find out without having to be incarcerated. But yeah, um, our black men just deserve to live. Yeah. Our black men just deserve to live in general. Period. Like, yeah. <sighs> on a much lighter note, someone who did not, according to my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Smack man. Smack man. Oh, no. His first scent manicure really bothered me. Honey, I said, this ain't new, but the people, put the men putting nail polish on, this ain't new. Y'all think y'all putting y'all, y'all in, y'all in style or creating this new, fa- this has been around for a minute. Some of y'all said before y'all was born, okay? Don't come out here act like you doing some trend setting stuff. Get out of here. Go sit down. Paint your nails. Shut up. <laughs> it was the, the damn near stiletto shape though like okay okay it's Neither here not there it's giving <laughs> and i said i'm here for it <laughs> giving with the manicure and the silk and the tailored and, and the the juicy cur <laughs> which is why i'm like did y'all have to kill him though all you had to do is break his nails 
Mrs. Hera. Well, they did say that he was a former pimp. A lot of pimps are pretty. It's part bleach of, you know. Clothes. You oh, know not bleach is clothes. Honey. Ooh, he would have been, ooh. <laughs> he would have killed them. If they bleached his suits, he would Baby. have killed them. Okay, listen. Go, me- go mess with his nail technician. Make her go up missing because he, what, honey? There was a way around all of that. Okay, they could have really messed that messed him up a lot more than just shooting him. Okay, they could have made his life miserable. All right, all right, I'm done. You're listening, gangbangers. Here are your choices. These are the options. Instead of killing okay. him, murder his innocent nail tech. I said make her come up missing. Oh, I guess that does sound like murderation. That's not nice. All right. Okay. <laughs> I diagnosed him with my favorite made-up diagnosis, PhD. Mm Player-hating dickhead, which I put in the personality disorder category. Uh, uh, It's just messed up cognitions about how you be yourself and others. Mm. Mm. True shit, man. I I, I agree. Like things like impulsivity. Mm. Just... mm. Mm-hmm. It it goes down the line. I mean, uh, if if you've listened to the show uh, for 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 a while, if you follow us, but you, you probably we love you don't. <laughs> but if you want to hear like the full, you know, go visit visit us in Belly. That's where Player Hate Dickhead originally got its mm-hmm. uh, its coin on the DSM mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah. just yeah. all around um, asshole. Just your yeah, perception of reality is slightly skewed. How you thought that you was gonna try to to to. Get Carol to start turning tricks for your drugs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Get OG Bobby Johnson high with his child That's and just up. continue to live and, and like, you know, to serve drugs in the community uh, against the pleasure of the, the local ruling gang. While you are not even from this local area, so you only have your mm-hmm. one muscle as your backup. How you mm-hmm. thought you was going to successfully do all of that? And live upstairs from Bobby. Like, how did you think, how long did you think that you were going to be able to sustain this plan, sir? I don't, mm. I don't understand. Bobby is 17. Why is you doing all of this with this 17-year-old young man? In my mind, he was 17. I have no idea how old he really was. But in mm. my mind, his character was 17. Like, mm-hmm. and, and you a grown man. So, like, just all of it. Just player hating dickhead. Mm. With a beautiful manicure. <laughs> I agree. I ho- I mean, there's nothing else that I could possibly diagnose him with other than that. I mean, he was definitely. I was really just like, wow, he really got that man high. Like, wow, that's fucked up. With his baby, with the baby. He would not be my client. I would refuse to work with him. I don't do anyone that is involved in, uh, you know, sexual violence against women, sex trafficking, pimping, any any of those crimes. It's just mm. it's not. I, that's my professional boundaries that I put into place. So he would not be my client. I would refuse to work with him. His prognosis is, is none because he did. And him did. How did potato. you get the name Jenny Lamp? I don't know. Was somebody? Ru- oh. Ew. They, they rubbed him. <laughs> they rubbed Maybe because he was granting wishes of PCP. I don't know. Because you got to rub him, though. Ew. Ew. I, just, why would you be called a genie? Smack man. man. I, I like him. Smack man's better. 
smack me in better? I think so. I think that it's fitting. Um, but the potato, the rest in peace potato. You know, what's the pro what is the prognosis of the potato? It was burnt, right? It's it in police burnt. custody now, so it's terrible. Probably got fun guy. It's yeah. probably gonna get lost because you know that's what happens to evidence in police custody or tampered yeah. with or mm. you know, planted at some other crime scene with you Jeez. know people they're trying to wrongfully convict. Um, what this movie just definitely the- puts me into my mode of you know it's all a, a evil plan by the man to keep us all oppressed. I just don't understand the purpose of the potato. Oh, it's like a silencer. Why? Why did it need to be sound? Y'all ran a car. I assume it's like a silencer. I, I've never used a potato on a gun to, to shoot someone. I just, I've my childhood been. mind just always thought, oh, they keep doing it. So maybe it's to silence the, the shot. But you've already run a car through through a door that mm-hmm. y'all could have really just walked yeah. in. Right. They just could have walked in. I think they could have. Absolutely. For dramatic effect, there wasn't enough so. action in the film, right? Because, you yeah. know, Oliver yeah. Stone needed action, and yeah, his, you know, about gay violence. You don't want to just kick in the door waving the fofo, you know, like that's not that's just so, mm, mm. yeah, like that's just so typical, you know what I'm saying? So let's just run this car into here and roll out, shoot, and then use a potato for Smack Man. Okay, we rambling. Um, if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, <laughs> you can visit the website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our cash app. Now, we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather the kind that folds. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye, you cinephile.